So let's start chapter two. Um, uh, uh, let's see. So d- don't forget when we finished part one, um, you know, this was Habakkuk's kind of response to God's response to Habakkuk, right? And so we see this dialogue. Now, when you go from chapter one into chapter two, one thing that I think it is important for us to notice and realize before we even start, you know, um, uh, uh, going into uh, 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 like the scripture and, and, and meaning and all this other kind of stuff, I think it is very important for us to realize and for us to see this conversation that is going on right now between um, uh, God and Habakkuk, right? I think it is very important for us to, 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 to notice that God and the prophet is having an exchange and a dialogue and understand that this exchange and this dialogue between God and Habakkuk is not one of like comfort and, and one of, you know, everything is cool. It is really contentious because Habakkuk has questions and he wants God to answer them. And, and, and the point there, even before we start chapter two, is to remember that you can go to God and talk to God about your hard stuff. You can go to God and talk to God about your questions. You can go to God and talk to God about your complaints. You don't have to dress things up for God. You can, because here's the thing. He already knows when you're frustrated. He already knows when your heart is troubled. He knows when your mind is confused. He knows when you got beef with him. He knows when you got things that you need answered and you don't understand. And so there's no need to kind of hide that stuff from God. We see it here in Habakkuk that the prophet has these questions. Watch this, watch this. Not only did he have questions and complaints, God answered his question, his questions, right? God answered his prayer and told him exactly what he was planning to do, right? Now watch this. I see you, Ma. Now watch this. Not only did he, not only did he answer Habakkuk's uh, 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 question or whatever, then Habakkuk had the nerve to be upset with God's answer. And he still told God why he was complaining about God's answer. Like, well, why would you do that? Why would you use the Babylonians? And so I just want us to understand that when it comes to, to, to this communication and, 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 this, and, and this thing with God, it is really a relationship that we have with him, okay? And so we saw Habakkuk speak, and Habakkuk was complaining. We saw God answer his complaint and answer his question. We saw Habakkuk not satisfied with the, with the answer, and he didn't walk away. He told God that, you know, well, why would you do that? Surely there's got to be another way, right? And so we can do this. The whole point is to, is to never feel like you cannot communicate what you're feeling or what you are thinking to God, even when you're confused and even when you're upset and even when you're questioning what he is doing. I would rather you go to God with your questions about God, come on somebody, than to come to me with your questions about God. Because see, God can answer your questions about him if you give him time. And I feel like that's what we're going to see in this second chapter here uh, from Habakkuk uh, 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 chapter two. Now, for anybody who's not used to our Bible studies, we do verse by verse Bible studies. We're in the book of Habakkuk. I see you, Carlisha. We're in the book of, of, of Habakkuk. And so, again, we're talking about this relationship with God, this going back and forth, and that it is okay for us to voice this with God. Now, let's, let's go to verse 1, uh, chapter 2, verse 1 of uh, Habakkuk. He says, I will climb to my watchtower, and I'm going to go back and forth between the NLT and the New, and the New King James Version, but I'm reading from the NLT uh, right now. He says, I will climb to my watchtower and stand at my guard post. There I will wait uh, to see what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint. Let's stop right there on verse one. Now watch this. So we saw Habakkuk have a question have a, 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 a little upset with God. We see God answer. Then we see Habakkuk as we close chapter one, telling God, you know, I don't like this answer. I don't like what you're saying. Now watch this. So, 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 so then he says all he's got to say about it, but then he says something very important that I'm going to go uh, 
what? He says, I'm going to what? I'm going to climb into my watchtower. He says, I'm going to stand at my post, right? I'm going to stand right there at my guard post. And I'm going to what? Wait to see what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint. Let's be very careful that when we pray that we that that our talking to God does not outweigh him talking to us. Okay, let's make sure that when we're talking to God, that the same way we want to talk to him and the same way we want to share what's on our hearts, that we leave space and that we leave room for the Lord to say something back, that we will sit there and we will we will call it prayer. Uh, and it is, it's communicating with God and, we're, and whether we're complaining or we're talking and this and that and this and that, and then, all right, amen. And then we're gone and we don't even leave space because listen, God can talk to us however he wants to talk to us, but we don't leave space. I see you, Kalish, I see you, mom, but we don't leave space. Watch this. We don't leave space in our mind. We don't leave space in our heart. We don't leave space. In, 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 there's so many distractions and I got to do this and got to do that. Sometimes the most powerful prayer time Time we can have is when we sit in a room and we don't say anything. Come on, listen. Sometimes the most powerful prayer time you can say, "Well, I don't know if I want to pray because I don't know what to say." How about say nothing? Come on, maybe maybe what you need to do is sit there and wait for God to communicate something back to you. And that's what we see Habakkuk doing. Isn't it funny how in the first chapter we see Habakkuk saying, "Oh, how long do we have to wait, Lord? I cried out to you and you didn't answer." He's going on and on and on, and now he's at the moment where he's like, "I'm going to sit here and I'm going to wait and see how God." answers. And so prayer is that communication. I see, I see DeAndre. Listen, he says, he says that God, watch this, that, that praying is communication. Watch this with God, but communication involves listening. Okay. We've got to make sure that we put some listening time in that time with God, because I can sit here and communicate with Crystal all I want and think that I'm communicating with Crystal. But if I'm the one doing all the talking and believe me, I like to talk then, but I'm not listening to what she has to say. It's not a dialogue. It's a monologue. I see you, Carly. She watched this. It is a monologue. It is me standing up and me giving a speech. That's a monologue. What I'm doing right now is monologuing as I teach this. But if we were to open this thing up and have a dialogue, that means I have to shut up at some point and I have to let somebody else say something. And sometimes we need to make sure that we, that our prayer time is more of a dialogue with God and that it is not a monologue. I see you, Crystal. Now watch this. Now, 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 look, I'm not saying don't tell God what you want or don't tell God what you're feeling. Please do that. But please make sure you find time for yourself in your prayer time and in those moments where you are waiting for God to respond. Somebody look at you and you're sitting down like, what are you doing? I'm praying, but you're not saying nothing. I know God is speaking. I'm waiting for him to say something back to me. Amen. And so we want to make sure that we spend that time. I'm sorry. We haven't even got off verse one yet, but we're going to do it. Watch this. Now watch. Now, now I also want to watch what he says. Now watch what he says. He says, there I will wait to see what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint, right? Now watch this, watch this. He's not only sitting there saying he's waiting and he's not saying he's hoping for the Lord to respond. He is expecting God to respond, okay? He is looking for the Lord to say something back. Look at his language. He says, there I will wait to see what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint. Be confident and know that God, one, hears you and that God will answer. And that if I sit here long enough, if I wait here long enough, even if I've got to leave where I am and go to work, but if I'm quiet enough, if I'm in my car driving, if I'm waiting at the bus stop and I'm, and I'm in a spirit of expectation that God is going to speak to me. And I believe 
uh, man, sometime last year, we did a whole series about expectation and expecting. And so, and so you may need to go back on the Buzzsprout page and find that link. But, 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 but if I, if I, if I'm praying and, and, and I'm waiting for God and I, I need to have that confidence that, that, that number one, the Lord hears me and that when I speak, he, uh, he hears me he and that he will reply. And so he says, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to wait for the Lord to what? To hear me and to answer me. And then verse two, we see that the Lord uh, responds. Now, don't forget last week uh, when, when God responded, we, we talked a long time about God response and, and, and God responding. So you may need to go back to part one uh, to hear a little bit about when God responds. Okay. So verse two, he says, then the Lord said to me, he says, write my answer plainly on the table uh, tablets. He says, so that the runner can carry the correct message to others, right? He says, for the vision is for a future time. It describes the end and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow and coming, wait patiently, for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. I'm going to read that. Watch this from the New King James Version. Okay, he says, watch this. He hit the Lord answered me and said, verse two, he says, write the vision. He says, and make it plain on the tablets that he may run who reads it for the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. It says, though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. So let's start, let's, let, let, let's stop right there. So now he talks about, uh, write the vision, make it plain. And, and we, you know, we love this verse because anytime we feel like there's something God is calling us to do or something that's coming in the future, we say, okay, let's, you know, write the vision, make it plain so that, you know, as you run you, and we use, and we use that verse and believe me, write the vision. God gives you this vision. God gives you a plan. Write that thing down, write it down, write it down, write, write, write. I'm a fan of writing. I like the journal, write the vision down because sometimes watch this, we get unfocused and we need to remind ourselves what the Lord instructed us to do because there are so many different distractions. Watch this. There are outward distractions that we have to deal with. Okay. There are outward distractions we have to deal with. Listen, some Micah is a distraction sometimes to me. And so Micah gets me off track sometimes. And so, and so I'm just joking. So anyway, I get distracted. Right. And so we have so many outward distractions, but here's what's interesting. Not only do we have outward distractions, if we are honest, Kalisha, we also have inward distractions. Okay. That sometimes we can be our own worst distraction. That sometimes the things that go on inside my heart and the things that go on inside my head can distract me just as much as anything, if not more as anything on the outside. And so what I have to understand is that okay, I'm going to write this thing down to keep me focused and to make sure that I remind myself what God has instructed me to make sure that I'm on the course that I'm supposed to be to make sure that I remember what the goal is and what the plan is. Because sometimes I, I see you, Deontre, yes, in our own minds, sometimes Sometimes we get so uh, distracted and we get so impatient with, with the step by step process and the one foot in front of the other that God has us on that we lose focus of the big vision and where he's taking us and writing that thing down will help us to stay focused. And sometimes it just makes sense to write it down to us when, when we just write this thing down. But but however, for context, we have to understand why the Lord told him to write down this vision. Okay. Remember our verse by verse Bible study, we take everything in context. And so God told the prophet, write it down. But why did he say, why did he say it? Um, let's go back to the, to, to the scripture. He says, um, write the vision, uh, uh, make it plain on the tablets that he may run who reads it. Okay. So watch this. What he is saying is, and so, so the person, he says, write down the vision, make it plain so that the person who has it, he who, who runs, he who has this literally whoever is running to tell the message can read it, can can understand what it is saying 
and explain it to others. We're talking about generationally. Now, here's why this is important that he says, write this down and make it plain because he is saying it's not going to happen right now. Watch this. You may not be around to explain what is happening. You may not be around to explain this vision. So I need whoever is running with this, whoever is reading this to be able to explain it. So write the vision down on the tablet because remember, they were so, they, you know, he could give them a vision and he could just say what it is and maybe someone up. But no, he says, I want you to write this down and I want you to make it plain so that whoever has it can now, I see you, Ma, I'm trying to teach. So, so whoever has it and who is now explaining it to others generationally, they now can, can explain it in a way to where they now understand because understanding this vision is going to be key in your patience because it's not going to happen right now. But, so, but you have to understand this. Watch this. And, and so what I'm believing in the same way is that for each of us, even in our families, I believe that God, watch this, not every word that God is going to give me or Crystal is, is, is for fulfillment right now. God, listen, I'm believing for a word and a move from God. Watch this, that stretches beyond all of our days. I'm believing that, that, that God is speaking something right now to me that is, that is supposed to be lived out by Manny, okay? Or God has given me something and I've got to make sure that I impart this thing into Manny. We've got to make sure that we impart this thing into Journey. Mike and Gina, we, gotta make, we have to make sure that Jaleesa's son get this. We have to make sure that it is written out and easy to understand because what, although it may tarry, it may not be for us. It may be for the next generation. And we have to make sure that we are not so selfish and not so self-consumed that we don't ask God to speak to me now for my grandchildren. I see that. Oh, that's right. That's right. Some things are for us to get for the next generation. And that, and so the things that I may speak and hand down to Manny may not even be for Manny. It might be for Manny's grandchildren, but it's got to start somewhere. And it's like, write down the vision, make it plain because it's not going. And so while I'm sitting here, while God spoke something to me and I'm waiting to see it in my lifetime, he's saying, listen, it may tarry, but, but write it down because you may never see it, but, but whoever has it has to understand this and have to be able to read this and explain it because it is going to come. Because one of the worst things that can happen is that God speaks a word. Watch this. God speaks a word. Time goes past. It shows up and we don't even recognize it because nobody told us and they didn't make it plain. This is why, listen, this is when you come, to, when, listen, when you come to, I, I see you, I'm ready to shout too. Listen, this is why when you come over here to impact, I don't preach in a way that makes me sound like I'm smart. I try to make the, I, we make it plain, right? So that we can understand it and that we can live it and that we can then what? Tell it to somebody else. So they can, listen, don't forget Jesus, uh, the Bible says in the New Testament that Jesus was on a mountain. He looked over Jerusalem and he wept. And he said that Jesus wept over Jerusalem because that, that, that their hour of salvation and their hour of deliverance had come and they didn't even notice it, that he was there and that they didn't even notice that the deliverance, watch this, the deliverance that was spoken about in the Old Testament, the deliverance that was spoken through the prophets, the deliverance that was spoken through all the church leaders and the judges, all this deliverance, and they were well aware of the scrolls, they read the scrolls, all this deliverance for hundreds and hundreds of years was now sitting right in front of their face and they did not realize it. They didn't catch it. And there's no way in the world I want Yenis's promise from God to be right in front of her face and she does not get it because it's not explained to her. Come on, somebody, or that we don't recognize it and that we're not aware of it. Awareness is what we're talking about here. So he says, so, we, so, so, so we're believing for a generational word. Now watch this. Let's keep moving. Let's keep moving. Um, wait, I'm already running out of time. Sorry, guys. Here we go. Uh, verse three, he says, for the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end, it will speak and it will not lie. Okay. Though it tarries, he says, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Now watch, now, now, now uh, watch this. We have to understand 
that everything has its appointed time and our time is not God's time. Okay. And, 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 and God doesn't operate on, on our time and on, on our schedule. There's a whole big plan that God has, that God is engineering and that God is doing. And sometimes it goes against Denise's plans. Okay. Now watch this. He says, uh, 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 it's going to surely come. So though it tarries, uh, just still wait for it. He's trying to prepare Habakkuk right here. Watch this, that you're going to need to be patient and that you're going to need to wait. Watch this. How many of us like that answer, like God, I've got this question. God, I've got, and what if God's answer to you is, listen, it's coming, but but the only thing I want to tell you, I'm not going to even tell you when the time is. I'm not going to tell you when it is. It's it's in an appointed time, but I need you to be patient and I need you to wait. Okay, so we need to we watch this. We need to get used to just to, to being satisfied with God's answers, even if it isn't the answers that we want to hear. Okay, even if be patient and wait is not what we want to hear. I need to rejoice in the fact that God at least answered and told me something. Okay, because what if it's just more important that you're patient and that you wait than even understanding what the answer is? Okay, and, and again, go back to our lesson on patience because we talked about how how uh, the Bible says you know. Count it all joy when you when you uh, fall in uh, diverse temptations because the testing of your faith works patience, right? And so sometimes we think the testing of our faith produces more faith. No, 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 no. The testing of our faith, the Bible says, produces patience. And so our faith is tested not to produce more faith, a stronger faith, a bigger faith. No, 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 no. The, the Bible says the testing of our faith is to produce what? Patience. Because in order to live by faith, you're going to need what? Patience. And you're going to have to learn to wait because everything that God has for you in the spirit is not yet manifested in the, in the physical. And so if we're going to walk by faith and live by faith, we need to do what? We need to have patience. So go back to the patience uh, lesson and, and learn it if you want something um, a little bit more on patience. Now, remember, it's interesting that he, that he goes through this length. To, it's, almost like, it's almost like he's speaking to a child to tell a child to calm down. He says, he says, now the vision is for an appointed time, but at the end, it's going to speak. It will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. He does all of this. I see everybody chiming in on patience. Uh, we, uh, listen, I need help too. Watch this. He says, uh, 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 so he, it's like he's, he's, he's speaking to a child who he knows has problems with patience. Don't forget in, in chapter one, let's watch how uh, chapter one, verse two, let's not forget how Habakkuk even started his conversation with God. He says, Lord, how long shall I cry? And you will not hear me even cry out to you violence and you will not save me. Why do you show me iniquity and cause me to see trouble? He goes on and on about how long do I have to wait? And so God has already said, listen, I know you got patience issues. You already exposed. We already see that. You're already wondering, well, how long do I, how long is like, Listen, you have to learn to wait. And so not only is he telling, answering his prayer, he's also addressing this inner thing that he has when it comes uh, to, to patience. By the way, Never, ever mistake God not acting yet for God not doing anything. OK, never. He's saying it's, it's got to wait. You got to be patient. Never mistake God not acting yet for God not doing what? Anything. OK, now the vision here is um, uh, that he's about to give him give them. There's a lot of different um, uh, commentaries about it. Uh, but they all kind of wrap in this largest uh, uh, theme. Some believe that the vision that, that he's given him is about the fall of Babylon, which makes sense because don't forget his prayer right before this was his response to God saying he was going to use Babylon to, cor- to correct Judah. Right. And he was like, well, why in the world would you use them? And he goes through this whole thing. And so then he goes ahead and says, listen, 
here's what's going to happen, you know, and, and, and write this vision because the fall of Babylon is not going to happen immediately. It's, you know, they're going to take over Judah and all sorts of kind of stuff. And then eventually it's going to happen. So write the vision. So people who are living this will know that their deliverance is coming. Other, other uh, scholars believe that he's talking about the coming of Jesus uh, and others think that he's talking ultimately about the end, but you know, um, honestly, because in context, it seems like he's talking about Babylon. That's kind of where I, where I lean, but this is not a major or minor. Like nobody's going to hell or heaven because they think one way or the other. It's, it's just from context. This is what it, that's, this is what it seems like the natural progression um, uh, uh, of that will be. And so, uh, and so he's talking about the fall of Babylon uh, here. Let's keep reading. We're only in verse four. So it's, we're going to have to do another thing on, on chapter two. Uh, he says, uh, let's see. Okay, he says, behold the proud. His soul is not upright in him. He says, but the just shall what? Live by faith. Now, if the, if the just shall live by faith sounds familiar to you in the New Testament, you see it twice. You see it in Galatians 3.11 and you see it in Romans 1.17, okay? Now, in Romans 1.17, when you see it, um, uh, Paul writes, you know, he, he says something before it and then he says, for it is written, the just shall live by faith. And so when he's referencing as it is written, he's referencing Habakkuk uh, 2.4. Um, uh, so that way you can, you can say that and impress people when we're feeding the homeless on Sunday with your biblical knowledge about, about that. Now, what I'm going to do is, is close here with what the rest of chapter two is, because next week we're going to we're going to pretty much read through uh, the rest of chapter two. He does these five what we'll call it like five woes, like five warnings. Right. Uh, uh, number one his warning. And this, is, this has to do with Babylon because he talks about how wicked Babylon was in chapter one. Um, uh, and even though they were wicked, he was still going to use them. Uh, he says, uh, number one, uh, warning for those who lust for empire and aggression. Okay. That means to build up one's own self. Uh, and again, that was what Babylon did. Number two, covetousness, uh, 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 evil gain for his house. That basically means wanting, um, uh, gaining and wanting things in a dishonest way, like your earnings or the things that you get for yourself, um, doing it in a dishonest manner. Uh, he says, build a town with bloodshed. That means taking what's not yours. That's murder. That's slavery. That's all that stuff. Uh, four, the fourth one. And again, we're going to see all these as we read uh, next week through chapter two, taking delight in and causing the destruction of someone else. Okay, Uh, uh, taking a delight in and causing the destruction of someone else. Don't forget, I I don't remember the lesson, but we did a whole lesson on the importance of not stumbling someone. And and we we looked at it through the New Testament, but taking delight in the fall of someone else and causing or causing the destruction of someone else. And the fifth woe that he'll cover that will um, that uh, he covered and we'll look at it uh, next week in chapter two has to do with uh, worshiping idols. And so um, this always happens where I think we're going to get through a whole chapter uh, one night and we, <laughs> we end up just, just doing, um, uh, just getting through a few verses. I hope it blessed you. 